SEP Fanfic Readings presents Aurelian by Biddy Blue Eyes. Chapter 26 The Curious Meddlers. Draco apparated directly outside of Hermione's door, with Blaze and Katie's bodies on either side of him. He immediately tried to stand and cried out in agony. Pain shot from his injured knee and through his entire left leg. He reverted to the kneeling position and flicked his wand at the door, successfully unlocking it and opening it wide. He crawled forward into the house and turned to sit on his bottom. With practiced skill, he levitated Katie's body into the flat and laid her out gingerly on Hermione's sofa. He then performed the same action on Blaze, but lifted the levitation spell early, allowing Blaze's body to fall roughly into the armchair. He was too upset with his friend to show him any extra care. Draco flicked his wand to close the door and scoot backwards across the floor until he was sitting in front of the fireplace. He summoned the bag of flu powder and tossed a pinch into the grate. Green flames roared to life, and Draco didn't hesitate to stick his head into it. The warm flames felt nice against his cold, wet skin. Droplets of water dripped from his hair and sizzled in the fire. Grimmled place! The swirling sensation made Draco slightly dizzy, and he closed his eyes. Mr. Malfoy? Creature's voice asked. Draco opened his eyes. Creature, tell Potter and Hermione to come to Hermione's place immediately, he ordered. Please, he added as an afterthought. Of course, sir. Creature shall relay the message immediately, sir. Creature smiled. Draco said nothing further and pulled his head from the flames. He sat calmly with his eyes closed, his face screwed up in a grimace. He was still quite out of breath from everything that had just happened, and being able to stop for a moment, he realized just how severe the injury to his knee was. Not twenty seconds had passed before the front door burst open. Draco? Hermione cried in panic. She saw him near the fire and raced around the sofa towards him. What happened? Are you... Her eyes widened when she saw the two unconscious bodies in her living room. Katie? Zabini? What? The fire roared behind Draco and Harry stepped out so quickly that he almost tripped over Draco. He and Hermione had been in the same room talking when Creature passed on Draco's message and they took off full tilt together, both trying to get to their destination as fast as possible. Hermione went to the front door and apparated while Harry continued down the stairs to the kitchen and flewed. Harry briefly wondered if Hermione's path was faster or if she herself was. Malfoy! he shouted in a panic. Blaze! Katie! he examined when he saw the other two in the room. Draco, what happened? Are they okay? Are you okay? Hermione asked frantically as she sank to her knees in front of him. Fine. I think I fractured my knee. But other than that, I'm just wet and really pissed off. His tone turned into a harsh growl as he finished and glared in Blaze's direction. What happened? Harry demanded. Harry, Hermione scolded. He said he's hurt. What happened? Harry repeated, paying Hermione no mind. Hermione delicately took Draco's left leg in her hand and extended it. Draco hissed in pain and grimaced, looking miserable. They happened, Draco sneered. Too damn nosy for their own good. Watch my shoelace. Draco added in warning, reminding Hermione of the port key she had created on his other leg. Hermione nodded, tapped the shoestring with her wand, and muttered a spell to deactivate the port key. She then pushed his robes up to reveal the swollen bruise covering his knee. It had already begun to turn blue and purple in color. I showed up and waited, and finally she showed up, gesturing towards Katie. She put whatever it was in the barrel. I didn't get to see it. Then, instead of leaving, she decided to stick around and wait for whoever was coming for it. I don't know what she was intending to do, but she sure was foolish about it. I tried to get her to leave, but 
He hissed in pain again. Sorry, Hermione apologized. She had waved her wand over his knee and uttered a soft-spoken spell. He actually felt the bone of his kneecap seal itself together. It was just a tiny fracture, all fixed. Draco's eyes fixed on hers, and he completely forgot what he was saying. Malfoy! Harry snapped irritably, bringing Draco out of his gaze. Oh, but, uh, it took him a second to regain his thoughts. I didn't know what to do to get her to go. Before I was able to, this idiot showed up. Draco gestured at Blaze. I didn't know it was him. I thought it was our guy. I silenced her and threw the cloak over her so she wouldn't be found. I tried to reassure her, but when she saw it was me, she freaked out even more. I had to stun her so she wouldn't give us away. Blaze still heard us, though, and was ready to hex us, so I ended up stunning him, too. Harry nodded, his expression severe. He looked angry and frustrated, but Draco was glad to see that none of it seemed to be aimed towards him. He remembered his daydream of punching Potter in the face. Though he was certainly angry enough and he could feel wonderful to release some of his aggression, he decided Potter was the wrong target. If he had to choose anyone at that moment, Blaze would probably turn out to be the unlucky person on the receiving end. How did you get hurt? Hermione asked with concern. I fell, Draco answered simply. He glanced at Hermione, who was then dabbing bruise ointment on his knee but looked away quickly before he could be distracted. I didn't know what else to do, he said to Harry. He looked quite helpless, but defensive at the same time. I couldn't stay there with the two of them passed out. I thought of sending them back via portkey without me, but the portkey wouldn't work for them because they can't go to Grimmauld Place because of the Fidelius charm. No, this is what I would have done, Harry said. He couldn't say that Draco had made the right choice because they probably hadn't considered all the options. It was just what had to be done. We should have considered the Fidelius charm. Hermione and I should have waited here. There, said Hermione, wiping the ointment off her hands with a towel, she summoned. How does it feel? Draco bent and extended his knee a few times, testing it out. Great, he answered. It was still a little tender, but he knew that the ointment would finish healing it within the next few minutes. He stood up and wiped his hands on his still sopping robes. Hermione finished screwing the lid on the ointment, and Draco helped her to her feet. Thank you. Of course, Hermione answered, thinking nothing of it. No, really. Thank you, he said earnestly, hoping his eyes would speak more than his words. Hermione's eyes became trapped in his gaze. We should probably revive them before they surprise us by waking on their own, Harry suggested, looking from Katie to Blaze. We should wake them, yes, but as fierce as I was in casting, I don't think either of them would wait for another few hours on their own, said Draco. It's probably best if I'm not in the room when you wake her, though. I don't want to scare her. That's fine, Harry agreed, trying not to sound insulting while doing so. Why don't I take Blaze while you talk to her? Draco offered. Yeah, you can take him into my room, said Hermione. Do you want me to come with you? Draco recognized and understood her concern. Blaze had been quite furious when they had seen him the night before, and Draco's anger was apparent. I can handle him, he replied. Hermione nodded. Draco raised his wand, ready to transport Blaze when Hermione stopped him. Just a second. Hermione cast a quick drying spell over Draco, and then Blaze. Thank you, Draco said again. Hermione could see it in his eyes and even feel his desire to kiss her. But Draco's eyes moved to Harry, and he took a step back from her. She felt a little disappointed, but gave him a small smile. She knew it would be awkward to kiss in front of Harry. But she didn't care as much as Draco seemed to. She was actually a little amused by his apprehension. Draco cast a levitation charm on Blaze and walked him down the small hallway. When he entered Hermione's room, he set Blaze's body down on the bed. His fists were clenched by his sides as he stared at his friend. He wasn't sure he was ready to revive him, but he knew that his anger would not cease and nothing would be solved by leaving Blaze unconscious any longer. 
With that thought, Draco reluctantly lifted his wand. Renovate. Blaze's eyes flew open. He stared at the ceiling for just a fraction of a second before springing into a sitting position and looking around wildly. Draco! He said in surprise. Where am I? What happened? He asked frantically. You're a sodding idiot, Draco said in disgust. What? Blaze asked, looking both confused and indignant. You're a sodding idiot, and you could have gotten yourself killed. What the hell were you thinking going into that alley? I asked you to trust me, and you didn't. You fucked the whole thing up, he answered bitterly. I didn't ask for your opinion. I asked what happened, Blaze stated in an equally bitter tone. His initial relief at seeing his friend was gone completely. That's not opinion, it's fact, Draco replied. You were an idiot, walking into that alley the way you did. You had no idea who was there or what you were trying to go up against. You... I can handle myself just fine, Blaze growled. Against what? You don't even know what you were looking for. I was there the whole time. You weren't cautious at all. You couldn't even handle yourself against me. You have no idea what you were trying to go against. You had no idea I was there. You had no idea that it was almost me and Katie Bell that you hexed. And, had I been anyone else, you'd very possibly be dead. Katie was hiding with you? She's in on it? You let her in this whole thing and not me. Blaze demanded furiously. Damn it, Zabini! Is that the only thing you got out of what I just said? I said you almost hexed us. I told you your stupid mistakes and told you that you could have been killed and you're worried about what Belle does or doesn't know. She knows nothing, you dolt. She was as nosy and unprepared as you were. I thought you were the person we were waiting on. I had to hide her so she wouldn't get herself killed, Draco heatedly explained. Oh, and you're so much more careful, Blaze sneered. I heard you, didn't I? I almost hexed you. And that was Katie's fault, Draco protested. I had to stun her so she wouldn't give us away. She was bloody heavy. I... Don't insult her like that, Blaze shouted. I said she was heavy, not fat, Draco scowled. We were both drenched. I was trying to support her dead weight with one arm. I busted my knee trying to keep silent and not drop her. And I suppose you'll try blaming me for that, too. I blame you for all of it. I asked you to trust me. I was trying to take care of it. I wasn't only going to identify the person. I was going to follow them so we could get them. We lost the only chance we had. Why couldn't you trust me? Why couldn't you trust me? Blaze demanded. I did. I trusted you to let me handle it. That's not trust. It is. This is a confidential case. You know that I couldn't tell you. She's my friend. Her family is... I know what she and her family are to you, Blaze. They're the same to me. I've known them since I was in nappies. That's not what got me in on this investigation. Confidential. Do you really understand what that means? You think you should be privy to all information concerning this, and not even Potter's boss is allowed to ask questions. This has been signed off by the Minister of Magic himself. If I speak a word that I shouldn't, I could be locked away. You'll be lucky if Potter chooses not to send you to Azkaban and charge you for knowingly, purposely impeding this investigation. Are you starting to see how serious this is yet? Draco demanded. Sot off, Malfoy, Blaze said, looking away from Draco. Gladly, he replied, starting toward the bedroom door. Wait, you still haven't told me where I am, Blaze said, sounding a bit concerned. Draco made no acknowledgement as he left the room, slamming the door behind him. Draco's anger dissolved completely the second he slammed the door. In his fury, he had forgotten that Potter and Hermione were talking privately with Katie, he considered returning to Hermione's room, but sneered at the thought of re-entering just to resume feuding with Blaze. Draco? Hermione called from the living room. Of course she had heard him slam the door. 
How could she not? Draco hoped they hadn't heard his and Blaze's heated exchange. You can come out, Malfoy, Potter told him. Draco sighed, but before he took a step, Blaze pushed past him, a threatening ferocity in his step. Draco followed after, now on his guard. It was very rare for Blaze to be so upset, and he was suddenly worried about how he would act toward Hermione. Blaze, Hermione said in surprise when Blaze entered instead of Draco. Draco was only a couple steps behind, and Hermione's tense shoulders relaxed when she saw him. Blaze stood stiff with his shoulders back and his fists clenched by his side. Where am I? Though he was most obviously upset, his temper, at least in his voice, was quite restrained. You? I... Hermione looked uneasily between Draco and Blaze. Draco had stepped forward and stood shoulder to shoulder with his best mate. They glared at each other out of the corners of their eyes. Obviously, the talk hadn't gone well. You're at my flat. Um, why don't you sit down? Blaze scrutinized her skeptically before slowly walking to an armchair and sitting. He looked over at Katie, who was sitting on the couch near him. At the uncomfortable look on Katie's face, Blaze's cold look softened a little. Harry, Hermione, and Draco remained standing and looked rather uncertain as they looked at their unexpected guests. "'Can I get you some tea?' Hermione politely offered. "'No,' Katie and Blaze answered in unison. They looked at each other uncomfortably. Katie had sounded rather despondent, while Blaze's answer was a bit more harsh. Hermione looked uncomfortably from Harry on her left to Draco on her right. She didn't know what to say and wished one of them would say something. "'Katie, uh, Miss Bell,' Draco said uneasily. I want to apologize for scaring you, for stunning you. I hope you understand that I only meant to protect you. Katie nodded. She was pale and looked anxious as she sat tall with her hands in her lap. Her bottom lip held the tiniest hint of a pout. She looked racked with guilt and a little worried. Though Draco was certain that Hermione and Potter had spoken quite softly to her, she looked like a scolded child. Are you okay? Draco asked gently. She nodded again. Well, I'm not, Blaze said acerbically. Yeah, well, I wasn't as gentle with you, Draco confessed with no signs of remorse. That's not what I meant, Blaze scowled. Guys, Harry admonished. Ugh. I don't know what to do, Harry sighed heavily and ran his fingers through his messy black hair. I mean, I really don't know what to do. I would really like to just send you back there, he said to Draco. I don't want this all to be for naught, but I can't say that it'd be safe. We can't take a risk like that. I, no, we can't, Hermione agreed firmly. Her tone was a dare for Harry to change his mind. It doesn't matter. It's too late, Draco informed them. What? Harry asked. He already came, Draco declared. At least that's what I'm assuming. The boundary sensor I put up went off about ten minutes after we left the alley. I allowed the sensor three warnings. It was meant to mark Katie's coming and going, and then the entrance of our guy. It marked her entrance, then Blaze's, but didn't mark either of them leaving as we apparated. The third mark must have been him. Well, it could have been someone else, but... But it's most likely him, Harry agreed. Who? Blaze asked. What? Harry responded. Who is it? You know, you must, Blaze said darkly. You keep saying he. Draco said I didn't know what I was up against like he knew. And this couldn't get taken to the Minister for Magic without you having something. I want to know who it is. I want to know too, Katie spoke quietly, but she seemed firm. Blaze looked at her and a small lopsided smile appeared. She may have looked nervous, but she wasn't going to accept only what Harry wanted to disclose. Harry sighed again. Don't think for one second that I'm going to let this go. You can take me to court for my interfering today, but it's not going to stop me from... What? Katie asked. She looked quickly at Blaze and then to Harry. Don't worry, love. 
Blaze said to her. Me, not you. Not you either, Harry said. He was frustrated and lost. This was their chance to really get somewhere. He had been so pleased to hear that Draco wanted to follow whoever it was, and now they had nothing. Their one good chance had failed. This was bound to make things more difficult and take more time than he was willing to sacrifice. Who? Blaze asked. Death Eaters, Harry answered flatly, staring unseeingly out the window. What? Katie asked in surprise and horror. Who? Blaze repeated. His anger and frustration turned instantly into fear. They're gathering again? Katie worried. What do they want with the Parkinson's? Blaze asked quietly. His breaths were shallow. Draco was right. He hadn't been ready for that. Right now? Money, we think, Harry answered. He looked at Katie in question, for he was certain she knew. She nodded in affirmation. Right now? asked Blaze. What do you mean, right now? They will either ask for more, and Mr. Parkinson refuses, or they ask something more he's not willing to give, Harry stated. How do you know? How can you know what either party is planning? Blaze asked. I... Harry hadn't thought about what he was going to say. What do they want with the money? Who is it? Katie asked. Is it a group of them? Are they gathering? We're not sure how many. Rabastin and Rodolphus Lestrange for certain. And... Harry stopped. He wasn't sure if he should continue that. He wasn't sure why he had started in the first place. And what? Blaze asked. And who? Katie asked. Harry looked hard at the two of them and dropped his eyes to the floor as he considered their questions. They were determined. Blaze was not going to drop this, and Katie... Did he owe her an explanation beyond what he had already given? It wasn't fair to send her away with only partial answers, but he didn't want to frighten her. This shouldn't be about what he owed anyone. Everyone deserved to know about the danger, but he couldn't allow the information to spread beyond what was necessary. But in the pensive, they had both given their lives to the cause. Those people... To those people they had lost their lives in that future, Harry owed an explanation. He looked at Hermione and Draco, but their expressions were unreadable. They simply waited to see what Harry would decide. Bellatrix, he said finally. Bellatrix Lestrange? Katie asked in confusion. But she's dead, Blaze replied, eyeing Harry skeptically. Not anymore, Harry stated flatly. The two seated guests looked more unsettled than ever. After a few moments of uncomfortable silence, Hermione sighed and finally spoke. Tea, she said. Harry nodded and Hermione disappeared into the kitchen. And that's where we are now, Harry finished. The explanation that he had just finished giving Katie and Blaze left them both gobsmacked. Harry had withheld nothing. He had described in full detail the events witnessed in the pensive, the definition of a horcrux, and all of the actions they had taken since Aurelian's arrival. So you have no idea what her new horcrux is, Blaze asked. He was overwhelmed and unsettled by the entire thing, and after hearing about the taboo and the pensive, he felt uneasy about using the word horcrux at all. Or even if she's made a new horcrux yet, Katie added. There was no question in her voice, only great anxiety. That's right, Harry confirmed. But we're working on it. We first need to discover if she has made a new one. As it takes murder to create a horcrux, we've been looking into all recent deaths in the country, wizard and muggle. There have not been many wizard deaths. It's a little more difficult to look into muggle deaths, but we're working on it, Hermione told them. What is your next plan of action? Blaze asked. Our first priority is still protecting the Parkinson's, Harry proclaimed. Blaze looked rather guilty at this statement. He had realized his wrong and how much it affected the investigation. They could have gotten much further if Draco had had the chance to follow the Death Eater in the alley. 
I'm sorry, he apologized, his head bowed in shame. Me too, Katie said quietly. You didn't know what was going on, Blaze said in Katie's defense. You were trying to help, not knowing that someone else knew about it. But I should have gone to law enforcement rather than sitting around to watch. I was just afraid for Mr. Parkinson. He's a good man. I didn't want him to get in trouble, she admitted. What's done is done, Harry said. To say that he was no longer upset about the interference would be an outright lie, but he knew there was no sense in holding on to frustration over something that could not be changed. What about Draco? Blaze said seriously. At their confused faces, he clarified. You said the Parkinsons are the main priority, but Draco was attacked the same time you think Pansy was. Draco felt an incredible gratitude toward Blaze just then. No matter how frustrated they had been with each other, they were still best mates. Draco's small smile told Blaze that all had passed between them was forgotten. Of course he's a priority, too, Harry said, sounding a bit affronted by the idea that he had not dealt with that already. Hermione placed several strong words in addition to what was already on his home. You, Zabini, are one of the very, very few still admitted. We hope to do the same for the Parkinsons. Good, but I want to help. What can I do to help? Blaze asked. His shame visually changed to strong determination. Me too, said Katie. I don't know, said Harry, running his fingers through his hair. I won't sit idly by, Harry, Katie said firmly. When she spoke, her demeanor changed drastically. She had looked so quiet and docile just a moment before. She shifted, sat tall, and looked quite regal the way her chin jutted out with pride and her long, silky black ponytail hung behind her. Once part of Dumbledore's army, always part of Dumbledore's army. Harry smirked. I wasn't denying your assistance. I was saying that I wasn't sure how you could help at the present. Oh, Katie blushed furiously, shrinking back into herself a bit. Blaze looked her way and smiled appreciatively, to which she blushed even more deeply. There is much to think on, and I'm sure we can use both of your help, said Hermione, but we need time to plan. Harry, I think you should still speak to Mr. Parkinson. You know enough. We know when it started. We know now for certain that it was money being exchanged, and we know that at some point it was either Rodolphus or Rebastian picking up the delivery. It was probably one of them that had made the contact with him in the first place. They were in charge up until the time Bellatrix returned. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Harry said as he looked deep in thought. Malfoy? Draco looked up at Harry, his face quite unreadable. He had been quiet through this entire explanation. I'd like to speak with him tomorrow, if I can. I think he might be more comfortable to speak with me if you would accompany me, he stated. Your opinion? Yeah, he said thoughtfully. You're probably right. I'll come. Me too, Blaze said quickly. No, Hermione said quickly. I mean, if you're to help us in this, it's best that he doesn't know you're involved in this investigation. We don't want him to feel pressured in on it. You work quite closely with him. Stay personal. Blaze nodded, proudly accepting the position. Early afternoon, Harry stated, I'll send an owl What? But wait, you might have plans, he said to Draco, coming down from his authoritative position. No, he answered, I don't have... Draco stopped when he saw the look pass between Harry and Hermione. Harry looked uncomfortable and questioning, while Hermione looked bashful and uneasy. What? Draco asked skeptically. Nothing, Hermione said quietly. There was just something I had meant to ask you. It doesn't matter, though. This is important. No, early afternoon tomorrow isn't a good time, Blaze piped up. Elios, Pansy's older brother, has a Quidditch game tomorrow. It's just a ragtag team some of his friends put together, but Mr. Parkinson means to go watch. Thanks. Saves us some time. Is there a good time to visit? Harry asked. Draco was still watching Hermione curiously, only barely paying attention to the conversation. After dinner tomorrow would be good. It's still the weekend, so we won't be stressed by work. 
They'll be done with dinner by seven. Write him, wishing to see him at quarter after, and he'll have no excuse to turn you away, Blaze said with confidence. Good, Harry replied. You better owl me right after, Potter, Blaze said seriously, underlined with a threatening tone. If I don't receive a good update by morning, I'm going to be pounding down your door. Harry smirked. First, Zabini, you will never find my door without hearing the location directly from me. Second, I don't plan to keep either of you in the dark. As you both are close to Mr. Parkinson, well trusted by him, obviously you will know all we do about them. In exchange, we want you to keep us updated on all activity regarding him. Let's meet tomorrow night after our meeting. Katie and Blaze nodded, but Hermione looked hesitant. Uh, Harry, um, if the meeting doesn't start until a quarter after seven, then, well, Ari needs sleep, Hermione stated uncomfortably as she avoided looking at Katie and Blaze. She was quite comfortable talking about her son to Harry, Draco, and the Weasleys, but it was strange and quite embarrassing in front of Blaze and Katie. Wow, you, you really are a mother now, aren't you? Blaze said. His voice was gentle, as was his gaze. He looked on her with both admiration and pity. It took Hermione off guard. She wasn't sure what she'd expected, but this wasn't it. Um, Harry thought. Well, we could have it here if you want, but there really isn't all that much room. I... I don't want to make it difficult for you. I know Aurelian's been with the Weasleys a lot lately, but I know they'd have him over again. Or, wait, you and Ori can stay the night at my house tomorrow, if that works, so you don't have to leave him. And, actually, if you want, I could just fill you in Monday. Hermione was feeling even more embarrassed by how much effort Harry was putting in just to make things work for her and her son. I'm sorry. I think maybe we'll stay the night at your house. Creature will be thrilled, Harry smiled. Blaze looked between Hermione and Harry than to Draco, wondering what he thought of his girl staying with Potter. Draco was, as usual, quite stoic-looking with his hands in his pockets. Right, I think that does it for now. I'll call you both tomorrow and let you know where to meet us. Katie and Blaze nodded solemnly and stood from their places. Harry felt his insides twist uncomfortably. His last statement was obviously meant to close the discussion, but he still felt a little bitter that they accepted it so easily. People had started taking orders from him in his fifth year, when he headed the D.A., but it had never stopped feeling uncomfortable. He still felt that he was just Harry, and couldn't understand how he had somehow become such a powerful presence, and a leader that was followed usually without question. He had concluded the discussion because he was overwhelmed by having to go over everything from the past couple weeks, but he hadn't expected either Katie or Blaze to accept it so easily. Had he been in their place, he would have continued to milk him for every detail. Harry allowed Hermione and Draco to lead the group toward the door and followed after the four of them. Blaze piqued everyone's curiosity when he gently guided Hermione to the side. Draco watched suspiciously out of the corner of his eye. Granger, uh, Hermione, Blaze said quietly. I want to apologize to you for the way I acted towards you last night. I don't know if you can believe it, but I'm rarely in a state like that. I should have never been harsh and rude to you. I hope you can forgive me. Of course, Hermione said softly. And don't worry, Blaze. We're going to take care of all of this. It's not going to be like the world in the pensive. It isn't already, Blaze answered. You and Draco. At this, he gave her a lopsided, amused smile. He tried to tell me that I couldn't understand the dynamic between you two. Hermione felt a fluttering in her stomach. She had realized at Blaze's the night before that Draco must have told his good friend that he was seeing her, but she was more than curious at just what Draco had said. Her curiosity was just too great to deny. What, what did he say? she asked bashfully. Blaze crossed his arms over his chest and smirked down at her knowingly. As his friend and confidant, not sure I should answer that. But you have no qualms in torturing and teasing him, 
Hermione replied with a chuckle. Why, whatever do you mean? Blaze asked in a mock innocence. You were doing it last night, and you're doing it as we speak. You're trying to make him jealous by the way you talk to me, she said. There was no sign of condemnation in her voice. She was simply amused by their relationship. Blaze looked at Draco appraisingly and returned his attention back to Hermione. Knowing that Draco was watching, Blaze leaned forward and whispered into Hermione's ear, and he's so easy to upset, too. Hermione rolled her eyes and shook her head. You know, I feel I owe it to you, though, Blaze said, looking at her with sincere interest. I don't know that I've ever seen him so certain and uncertain at the same time. I won't tell you the things he's told me, but no, and don't ever doubt, he likes you, Hermione. He likes you a lot. Hermione blushed, unsure of how to respond to that. She and Blaze looked over at Draco, and though he had been watching them most of the time, he was then speaking privately with Katie. Harry looked curious as he stood alone behind the group. Partway through Hermione and Blaze's conversation, Katie pulled Draco to the side, taking him quite by surprise. Malfoy, she started uncomfortably, unable to meet his eyes. I, I want to say thank you. Draco's eyes widened. Of all of the things this girl might have said to him, that was not anything he had expected. I, I was pretty stupid today, and I realized that I could have gotten really hurt, or even killed. You might have saved my life. I just want to say thank you, she said. She stared at his shoulder as she spoke, refusing to look down and appear meek, but still unable to look at his eye. Please don't, Draco requested. As she thanked him, he was filled with guilt, the weight of lead. Her eyes finally found his, and she looked confused. She wasn't sure what to make of his response, and whether or not she needed to feel offended. I don't deserve your gratitude. Now or ever, Draco explained quietly, looking down and away. His lip was curled in bitter disgust as a wave of self-loathing washed over him. This was an opportunity that he played out several times in his head, but he had never been sure it would be bold enough to take the opportunity if it presented itself. He couldn't hold on to it forever. I already apologized to you today for scaring you, and I still haven't directly apologized to you for... for before. Draco was overwhelmed by so many emotions brought on by the memory that he usually kept locked inside. The memory was difficult enough on its own, but it always brought with it many more terrible memories. Allowing it to surface now, with Katie standing right before him, he felt the urge to drop to his knees and cry or curl up in his bed at home and sleep until the memories were locked away again. The urge was not a strong one, and certainly one that he would never perform, but he still had a nagging feeling to leave immediately and try to forget. The cursed necklace, he continued with difficulty, is the greatest regret of my life. Draco looked directly at her and spoke in earnest. I am sorry, very sorry, that you suffered because of me. You might have lost your life because of it. Trying to protect you means nothing when you consider that if it weren't for Madame Pomfrey, you might have died because of me. Nothing I could do could ever make up for that. No, I suppose not, Katie said quietly as she seriously considered what he said. Forgiveness isn't something you can earn. It's just given. I forgave you long ago, Malfoy. It hurt too much to hold on to. I, I appreciate this, though. It really... It helps to know that you regretted your actions. It helps to know that you're not like that. But I've already put that behind me. That has nothing to do with today. You've forgiven it? He asked dubiously. It was something he hadn't considered before. It astonished him that she could forgive such a thing. She nodded. It's not something I've forgotten, but it helps nothing to hold on to it. Your apology means a lot. Hopefully, seeing where we are now, we can both put it behind us. 
Drago nodded slowly. He was dumbstruck. Katie smiled softly. At first, it had felt quite difficult to face him, but it wasn't so any longer. It felt awkward, yes, but there was a feeling of peace in their resolution. She felt sorry for him, seeing how much his regret plagued him. Slowly, she extended her hand to him. He stared at her bewilderedly, and then apprehensively shook her proffered hand. All right, said Harry. Draco jerked his hand back quickly and looked up at Harry in surprise. He saw that Blaze and Hermione were watching them also. He wondered if the others had heard anything. The urge to flee returned. I'll contact everyone tomorrow. Blaze and Katie nodded and exited Hermione's home, followed by Harry. Harry nodded to Hermione and Draco before he left. Draco looked at Hermione and wondered if he should leave too, but she took hold of his hand. Draco looked down at her, still wondering if she and the others had heard any of his talk with Katie, but he couldn't bring himself to ask. What did Blaze want? He asked instead. To make you jealous by talking privately to me, Hermione smirked. Draco narrowed his eyes. Was she teasing him? It sounded like something Blaze might do. That, and he wanted to apologize for being so upset last night, she told him. Good, he said seriously, still a little upset about the way Blaze had acted. Draco, are you really okay? Hermione asked seriously. It was the first time she was able to ask him without others around. Yeah, he said downheartedly. Just upset it was for nothing. But you're okay? All three of you are safe, and you and Harry get to speak to the Parkinsons tomorrow. And it must feel good not to having to hide anything from Blaze anymore, Hermione said, hoping to help him see the bright side of events. I'm still angry with him, Draco declared firmly. He wanted there to be no mistake. He sighed dejectedly and softened. But, yes, it feels good to be able to speak with someone else about it. It's nice to have someone that shares my concern for Pansy. Not that you don't care, he added quickly. He just... We're friends. I understand, Hermione assured him, squeezing his hand. I don't know what I'm going to say to Mr. Parkinson. I've known him for so long. I... I'm afraid for them. Whatever the situation, I'm sure he feels trapped. He'll be frightened that we know, Draco stated, staring out as he imagined it. He shook the thought, not wanting to dwell on it. He just had to take it as it came. Tomorrow night. Wait, Draco said, his brow scrunched in thought. What was that with you and Potter? He said I might have plans. What was that? Oh, Hermione responded uncomfortably. I meant to talk to you last night, but things were so crazy, and this morning, I was so busy thinking about the mission, I just forgot. Draco waited patiently for her to continue. Her nervous behavior made him uneasy. See... My parents meet for brunch every Sunday, and, well, they wanted me to invite you. So I meant to invite you to brunch tomorrow at my parents' house. She told him as she slipped her hand through his and nervously began to wring her hands together. Her statement seemed to take Draco off guard, and he simply stared at her. It took Hermione a few seconds to understand why he wasn't responding. She still hadn't asked him. So would you like to join us? She nibbled her bottom lip. Would you like me to? He asked. She told him that her parents told her to invite him. He couldn't tell if she was nervous about how he'd respond or if she dreaded him meeting her parents. Hermione worried her bottom lip even more as she considered the question and the thought she ought to give. Only if you want to. What kind of answer is that? I asked if you would like me to come. Yes, she said quietly, but only if you're comfortable with it. I don't want you to feel pressured. I was curious before, but I didn't want to be rude and ask, but... I was under the impression that your meeting with them last week did not go very well, Draco responded. He left the statement hanging and hoping for her to explain without him asking directly. No, it didn't, she replied, looking down at her fidgeting fingers. She paused and thought, 
and then moved into the living room and took a seat on the sofa. Draco followed after and sat beside her. He hated to see her look so downcast. Like I told you before, my parents don't think very highly of the wizarding world anymore. Not since I admitted to altering their memories and taking part in a war they never even knew of. Things were getting better, but my father still regularly tried to talk up the muggle world in hopes that I would leave the wizarding world. When I told them about Aurelian and preventing a future war, well, they were rather upset. My mother didn't know how to respond. She was angry, but I don't think it was really with me. Just everything. My dad was quite clear about how he felt. Hermione paused and twisted a robe in her lap. It was hard to talk about. She had yet to say it out loud to anyone, including herself. He gave me an ultimatum. He told me that if I didn't leave the wizarding world behind, he would have nothing to do with me or Aurelian. Draco was stunned, horrified, and infuriated at the idea. How could a parent say such a thing? And to ask a witch to leave all things magical was something a muggle could never understand the weight of. Magical was a part of who a person was. To ask Hermione to leave behind the magical world wasn't just asking her to leave her friends, her job, and her home. It was demanding that she bury a piece of herself. But he still expects you at brunch? Draco asked, trying to hide his angry emotions from her. My mother talked to him, Hermione explained. She tried to make him see, I can't leave. I just can't. I received a call from her yesterday, just after you invited me to dinner. I still haven't heard directly from my father, but my mother said that he was the one that mentioned brunch, and that he was even the one that suggested inviting you. Draco took a moment just to look at her. He tried to read her. Her anxiety and pain were evident, but he wondered how she felt about each little thing she said. He wanted to know what she expected, what she wanted, what would help her the most. What do they know about me? he asked. They know that we were on rather unfriendly terms during school, she said, looking quite despondent. You mean that they know I tormented you throughout our entire school career? Draco smirked, trying to make it sound lighthearted, but he felt as guilty and ashamed. That was all she had thought of him while they were at school, and that was what her parents knew of him. They weren't likely to go as easy as Hermione. But was that all they knew? Yeah, Hermione answered, attempting a smile that she did not feel. But I told them that you've changed. I tried to remind them that we were only children. Your mother looked quite displeased to see me the other day, Draco stated. She, well, she was being my mother. She saw that I had feelings for you, and she wasn't thrilled by the idea. Hermione finally looked into Draco's eyes and saw the question that he was trying not to ask. They don't know about your place in the war, if that's your concern. I'm quite honest with my parents now, but I do not tell them everything. They would never fully understand what the war was like, even if I gave them every single detail. Draco nodded, still considering all that she had said. After a few moments, Hermione tried to urge a response from him. So? she asked. So? Draco asked in confusion. You haven't given me an answer yet, she told him, her stomach doing flip-flops. Oh, sorry. I thought my answer, but I guess I didn't say it. I agreed when you said that you wanted me to come. You're sure? she asked. Are you unsure? Draco asked skeptically. I want you to come, yes, but I'm afraid of you feeling uncomfortable, she admitted. You have no idea how many uncomfortable meals I've had in my life, Draco chuckled. I think I'd like to meet them, no matter their opinion. Even if I didn't, I owe it to you after setting you in front of my mother. Your parents can't possibly be worse than that. Hermione chuckled nervously. <laughs>